Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We're at Comics Pro 2023. It is between the hours of 10.40 a.m. and 11 a.m., James, here on the East Coast, and we've been asked to give the keynote presentation to uh, look at all these beautiful retailers out there. I love it. <laughs> comic book shops, obviously, I think if you're a comics fan, especially of a certain age, the comic book shop, it's your home away from home. It's sort of the dream place. It was for me. I had gone to flea markets and stuff to buy comics. I was buying them in a little town off of a equivalent of a newsstand, what a newsstand was in a small town. And whenever Image shows up, I'm like, I got to find a comic book store. So that's what drove me to the comic book store, the, the first one that I ever went to. And it was about an hour away and I was too young to drive. So it would have to be like, when could I mooch rides off of somebody <laughs> to get you know, a pretty substantial ride to get there. And uh, I had parents that were relatively supportive, so they took me there. It was fantastic. Second time around bookstore, two things. One, they had their backboard stamped with Patty's paperbacks, which became my college store. Yeah. Because you track it down, you know, like these stores that kind of work together. But there was a great, there was only one person I ever talked to at second time around bookstore, and she would sell me whatever I'd bring up. And I had never seen a comic book store. So I'm pulling things I had never heard of that just looked amazing. It's where I bought Faust. It's where I bought my first <laughs> Sin City episode. It's where I bought Hard Boiled One. And I can remember riding home with that thing in the back of the car and just being like, this isn't comics. What is this? So I have a huge fondness for comic book stores. We're very blessed in Pittsburgh to have, I don't know, 20 stores within a half an hour radius of where we're standing, where we're recording this. And many of them very, very good stores. I think about Ides because one of the things with uh, anytime I go somewhere, you hit the comic book stores. Sure. And uh, you can almost tell when did this comic book store, when was it established? Because there are models. Yeah. And I think about that, that first, maybe it's the second generation, but it's the 80s stores. They would have music. They might have like movie section, but they were almost like this multi pop culture media kind of place, which is like Ides remains to this day. Um, I think of Criminal in Atlanta. That's yeah. another one of those stores where you walk in and it's like, oh yeah, I bet you this store popped up in the 80s. So tremendous honor to be standing in front of a bunch of retailers, to be asked to talk to retailers. And a lot of thought goes into this, Ed, because I've never worked in a comic book store. I don't know much about comics retail, but one thing we certainly have in common is selling comics. Sure. It's something that we started this channel to do more of. It's something that we've been trying to do and having conversations about for as long as I've known you. This is the kind of convention that, that uh, I've always been interested in participating in because uh, it's almost a European model in certain ways, or it's almost like the conventions for like every other profession in America where it's about information gathering. It's about uh, combining headspace to try to uh, come up with new ideas or or uh, propagate new ideas or new models or just an information sharing convention of of the truest sort and uh through cartoonist kayfabe the people that have seen our channel and, and sort of know the deal is uh it is it has a historical bend to it uh we've we've looked through uh we started the the project kind of tracking comic book history through the period that we grew up in, in the in the speculator boom of the early 1990s, where uh, there were you know, sort of innumerable comic shops that were no longer comic shops uh, several years later when the inevitable bust happened. And uh, through looking at this Wizard Magazine stuff, there have been many times where 
we see an article or a promotional piece, it would be, you know, sort of early on, right before the image guys kind of formed and did their thing uh, in Wizard Magazine, I don't know, issue six or something. There's there's the Marvel lunch with, with the, the Wizard guys, and it's a big fucking jerk off. And then very recently, we looked at an issue of Wizard where uh, it's a bunch of Marvel editors and, and, and writers who are helming the Avengers books and the Captain America books and Fantastic Four and like that line of books. And they're at Ralph Macchio's crib, having a pool party, having a good old time. And the stuff that they're talking about is like, what do you guys think about zero issues? <laughs> Not knowing that in a month or two or three, Jim Lee and Rob Layfield have already been called to basically take over all your books and stuff, man. Uh, what I'm saying is, we have a lot of the smartest minds who are kind of shaping the industry here in this room today. And uh, I would love for it to be a very uh, sort of, what's the word, man? Worth, worthwhile uh, experience. Uh, I, I, would, I would hate for it to be a missed opportunity between everybody in this room to uh, sort of squander because we do have basically everybody from distribution to probably the top, you know, a couple of the top 10 like diamond stores are here. We can figure out how to keep this thing going. You and I were talking earlier, man. You said that comics has never been better, like 50% growth, whatever. That doesn't matter to me. Like I want 70% growth. And if we ever hit that, I want 80% growth. Like the numbers, it can never be high enough for me. Like when I got into this game, professionally and the cartoonists that I looked up to were talking about how they were so happy with their comics selling like 8,000 or something like that. Like, I'm like, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work. I know that I know the economic realities of that. Uh, I'm not a trust fund baby, man. Like my, my work sort of pay, pays, pays my bills and uh, there we got to adapt or die. A lot of the models that we've been using in comics in terms of distribution and, 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 and production are, are old models. We've been doing the same thing for a lot of years. Uh, what other business does that? Maybe we could come up with some ways to, uh, to figure some stuff out, man, and, and to push this thing f forward even further. Yeah, and you know, I mentioned us visiting stores. We've yeah. done some of that together. We've done some of that as cartoonist kayfabe, you know, actually going on the road and stuff. And it's a chance, like... Every time I go to another store, I feel like I'm surprised by how different it is yeah. than every other store. And it's one of the great things with a gathering like this is that most of my life, I would just think comic book stores, a bunch of, it's all the same. Right, like, like Best Buy. Yes. <laughs> and what I've learned in the last several years is it is all a bunch of entrepreneurs. Yes. It's a bunch of individual businesses. Yes. So to have a bunch of people who are successful in a room that... Obviously, their business overlaps. What a resource. Yeah, I feel the energy. And it's one of the things, whenever I heard it was coming to Pittsburgh, it was like, yes, how do we sneak into that room not knowing that, like, creators could come to this? But that was the idea in my mind was like, how do I get to this room and figure this out? Yes. You know, how do I take whatever information these guys are passing around? Because we do the same thing at comic book conventions where it's mostly creators that we're circulating with. Yeah. Here it's a different opportunity, and it's kind of like us visiting stores, except we get to visit a couple hundred of them yeah. this weekend and bring back whatever information we can. And to speak to that innovative thing, 
I'm convinced right now a bunch of those innovations are already being done. Yeah. You know, there are a bunch of these out-of-the-box thinkers, a bunch of these small businesses that have been successful, that have made it through the ups and downs of decades of comics retail. They know this stuff. And it's a matter of how do we share it? How do we take those pieces and apply them? If it's retailers to each other, but if it's creators, like, how do we sell more books? Absolutely. Because that's what this that's what we all have in common here. You know, obviously we all love comics, I, I assume. <laughs> but the thing that we have in common is this goal to sell more comics. And uh, I'm excited to kind of dig in this weekend and see what kind of stuff we take away and hopefully what kind of stuff all of you guys take from each other. Like, that's really the thing that could elevate this. And I think of, honestly, this is weird to say, but I think Cartoonist Kayfabe is an example of that. You know, because ultimately we started this because we wanted to sell more of our books. And one of the things that has happened is we've sold more of our books. We've sold more of other people's books. We've sold more of the books that we look at. We've sold mailbag books. Like there are a lot of different books that we have sold through this channel. And there's got to be more of these models, yeah. different ways to just let people know what comics are. Because as you mentioned, Ed, this is a golden age of comics. And I'm sorry for all the old people that want to cling to like the 1940s as the golden age of comics. I'll take this era anytime because I can read the best comics from Japan. I can read archival quality reprints of the greatest newspaper strips ever made. There's never been a time when more people are actually making comics that I have access to than today. This is the golden age of comics. And the challenge is, how do you build your store around that? You know, it's it's been, I've heard retailers tell me this, too much good stuff. <laughs> That's a weird problem and you're not going to get a lot of sympathy there. But it is a real thing of like, how do you sort through these virtually the entire history of comics is now available? How do you figure that out? And so that's one of the challenges I see going forward with comics retailers and something I'm excited to see how that's managed because I can't keep up with everything I see, Ed, and I don't do this. You know what I mean? Like we get hundreds of pounds of comics delivered to us every month. Yeah. And it still feels like we are just, just the tip of the iceberg is what we're seeing. Yeah. And I can't read it all now, all the stuff that looks interesting that I'd like to read. Sure. So it's an interesting problem to have. You know, if you want to solve something, if you want to think about, like, how does retailing go into this next level, that's one of the challenges that I see that I will benefit from. You sure. know, it's always trust the selfish motives. Sure. That's what I'm after here. Make comics better for me somehow. And that's one of the challenges that I see out there is just there's so much good stuff. How do you build your stores around that? How do you spread the word? And... You know, we're trying to do it here on Cartoonist Kayfabe, so if there's anything we're doing that you think you can apply to your store, feel free to borrow, apply it, do it, do it better, innovate, and uh, and we'll steal it back yeah, <laughs> whenever, yeah. whenever you come up with something that we love. We call that the sphere of influence, or in hip-hop, I believe they call it sampling. Uh, during COVID, one of the things that we did on the channel, and, and I would be uh, very excited to continue this going, um, is that uh, we, we showed video from the comic shops who uh, sort of put in an entry to get the best retailer of the year award at the Eisner's, whatever. Like there's a whole uh, package of materials that uh, the store needs to prepare in order to be considered for that. And one of those pieces is a, a like a video promo piece. Uh, we shared a bunch of those, like by doing the channel, we just put the call out there. If you st stores are watching this and you wanna sh share your your video like like we'd be happy to do that we'd love to pick that back up again now we have the stores here 
uh, who probably sent those things, might be sitting on them, might have paid people to put that together in the hopes to uh, have something happen with, with that award. Send them on. Send us send them more away, man. We're very easy to get in touch with. And uh, just like sitting here thinking about just the sort of the historical bend of what Cartoonist Kayfabe is and, and, and what we've been covering over the years. And I just can't help but acknowledge that that we are here because of some of the original comics retailers, man. Uh, Phil Suling comes to mind. The guys on uh, the West Coast who basically helped create the direct market with uh, underground comics, but then who had stores and warehouses to sell those comics. You know, Bud Plant, Bob Beerbaum, Gary Arlington. These names come to mind. They changed the, the entire structure of comics. Maybe we wouldn't even be here uh, if it wasn't for these guys who set up these these sort of early um, sort of models of, of uh, comic shops, you know, before before the... Uh, before the, the cash register came, came into the mix, man. Like, it was a lot of years you guys had shops dealing out of cigar boxes and things like that. And I'm looking for the next the next steps. I'm looking to figure out how to kind of keep this thing going. The last thing I want is for uh, comic shops to, to be like VHS rental shops or, you know, blockbuster video or something like that. So, so we really got to put our heads together, figure that part out. And uh, whatever, I'm very excited to to meet you guys and gals uh, throughout this uh, weekend and digitally for those at home who weren't able to make it uh, to Pittsburgh in February. Uh, please, like, uh, reach out. Like, let's have some back and forth. We're very open to uh, propagating uh, this culture of ours. One of the things that we've chosen to do on the channel to try to help spread awareness to comics, create new readership, is our uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July uh, sort of promotion where, because we do receive a lot of things, plus we have so many comics that when we go dig in, might hit the dollar bins or something like this and get something that maybe you don't have, but then you discover that you do. We've been stuffing those comics into uh, the free little lending libraries around town on the very last Saturday of July as just sort of some kind of effort to put comics out into the universe. Maybe uh, you create a new readership uh, with a small percentage of those people. We did it for the first time last year, and we've received hundreds of photos from people around uh, the, the country who have been uh, doing that, and that's something that we're going to, to continue doing. But very open to meeting everybody, very excited to meet everybody. Uh, Send us comics. If we've got publishers here. How are we not on your comp list? Like, we can probably, if the comic speaks to us, uh, I'm quite sure that we could sell more comics than uh, some of those other people that you got on your list. No offense if they're here, whatever. <laughs> but I'm quite sure that we're going to be yeah, able to erase sell some the stuff. bottom person on your comp list and write Cartoonist Kayfabe at the top. Feels like a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. So, I uh, want to thank Marco and want to thank Comics Pro in general for giving us this opportunity, not just to deliver the keynote, but to actually come here this weekend and meet with all of you. As Ed says, you know, I just want to keep this thing growing. I want to keep it going in this direction. And quite honestly, man, the comics retailers, you guys have been responsible for my entire life of comics yes. growth. Yes. So I'm looking at you guys to continue leading that path, leading that charge, keep building new readers, keep, keep helping those guys that come to your store because a lot of what I know about comics, I learned from comics retailers who saw me pick up one book and said, oh, if you like this guy, check out this one. Or have you heard of this book that came before it? So it's, uh, you know, can't, I can't express my gratitude enough 
for the comics retailers and what they've done in my life. I actually, uh, I found Patty's Paperback. Yeah. And I went to school in the town where Patty's Paperback was, the, the, the store that supplied back issues to my very first comic shop. And they closed halfway through college for me. It's the furthest I've been in my life since I started reading comics from comics. Like as far, you know, drifting away from maybe like, oh, maybe I'm out of comics because I lost that comic book store. But you found your wife. I so, did, so. I did, I did. <laughs> she may have secretly been the, the one pushing that business out. But, uh, you know, afterwards I moved to Pittsburgh and I find Phantom of the Attic in Oakland. Yeah. And I've been going there ever since. You know, as we said, it's a great city for comics here. And I feel grateful for that because uh, not just keeping my habit healthy. Sure. But certainly growing me as an artist. Ed, I met you through the yeah. co local comic shop scene. You know, um, you guys, that's one more thing you do is that creator-friendly piece has been vital over the decades. So let's figure out how to keep this thing growing and moving in the direction it's going. Because uh, as I say, this is the golden age of comics. And a lot of that has to do with everybody that's in this room right now. Very excited to be here. Very excited to participate. We are not a brick and mortar comic shop. We are a couple of cartoonists who also make YouTube videos. But we have to do some of the very same things that you guys do we have to adapt uh cartoonists have their own kind of entrepreneurial bent to make their thing happen and we had to uh sort of pivot and adapt and do our thing to continue to sell our comics in the same way that you guys have to make little adjustments as time goes by i got to participate in that uh that sort of um jury process for the best retailer at san diego it's 2015 and one of the things that i made note of with all of uh, the best stores uh, was at that time I was seeing who was um, kind of showing off things like uh, Copra by Michelle Fife, which did not at that time have diamond distributions. So that implied that the retailer did a little bit more, put a little bit more effort in to find a book that they couldn't just comfortably go through one catalog to discover. We, we got to adapt or else we are going to be left behind. Uh, you guys have made the effort to fly here. That's what I'm going to say uh, to the people in person, but you people digitally. Hey, man, <laughs> you, you made some effort. You're busy. I get it. <laughs> made the effort to participate in Comics Pro 2023. Uh, I cannot wait to speak to uh, you guys over the course of this weekend. And uh, Jimmy, if you're good, I'm good, man. There are marching orders to give. Don't fuck this one up, man, because it's not like marching orders that we've given before. <laughs> so why don't you give it to them, man, and let's start our day of uh, conventioneering. Sell more comics. <laughs>